Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Kentucky at Vanderbilt, Saturday College Basketball. Marco, who do you like and why? Well, I like Kentucky, and this is going to be one of the rare times that I'm going to tell you that the marquee team actually has value. And we always say that you get, you're paying a premium when you take a marquee team. We're getting value with Kentucky in this game. Really? That's going to be surprising. You know what I was thinking of doing? We can talk about this. You're doing your projections, right? And you're keeping your record. We're going to, I think we should keep a separate record. Which is, excuse me, if I like the game, mm-hmm. that we'll call it the, the matchup, how it does, if I'm neutral, or if I actually dislike it. I can already tell you what the last result's going to be. Well, we have, a, <laughs> we have a small sample size on that, so I'm going to be very interested. I don't know. i got but, a pocket full of cash <laughs> on that sample size. Well, that's, what, that's how the short-term people think. But anyway, why, so why do you like Kentucky here? All right. Kentucky, this is a young ball club that is getting better as the season's going on. As we, and we've talked about this in different podcasts uh, you know, last year and earlier this year, that when you have a team that has a lot of turnover, and especially a program like Kentucky, that is going to get blue chippers. They're going to come in and out. In the restocking process is going to be a lot quicker at a big-name school. But you still have a learning curve, and that learning curve is the season. And as you get later in the season, that team's going to start to get better. They're going to gel. And what I like about this Kentucky team the public bets with their eyes, and what they see is they're going to look at a Vanderbilt team that's 13-1 and straight up at home, playing a Kentucky team that has lost three of their last four games. Uh, and those three games, though, what I'm going to point out, those three road games that they lost. All right, so let's do this, because uh, I don't want to lose that key concept. We actually talked about it with Vegas Runner yesterday, and we've been talking about this for years now is that college basketball is unique in that for a lot of the better players, it's one or two years. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, it's two years, which for many it's not, or for some it's not. When you're almost finished with the first year, you're halfway, you've went from the first game of the year, you're 0% in your career. And at this point, they're about 40 or 45%, 40, let's call it, into their career. So... The fact that there's been a significant change from November I th- first or whatever it makes a ton of sense. But no other sport is like that. NFL is not like that. Baseball is not like that. NBA is not like that. And so college football isn't even like that. They're probably a little bit more than the other ones. And I think it's such a key concept is if all you got to – and this is where the computer rankings and that stuff, how does, it, how does the computer rankings, how do they account for the fact – that Kentucky, for example, is such a young team, is now 40% in their career. In the first couple of games, they were at 0 or 5 or 10% in their career. I think only eyes and handicap and gut can do that. And the fact that many of your college picks stem from that concept, I think is a key point that we shouldn't forget. Absolutely. And what people are going to look at with Vanderbilt, as I said, they've got a strong home floor. And 
Florida last Saturday was able to beat Kentucky in a similar situation, playing at home in a pick-the-winner type situation, and this game's opening up at pick for Saturday. People are going to think Vanderbilt can do the same thing. Vanderbilt's had good history against Kentucky. They've won four of the last five meetings in Vanderbilt, but last year they did lose. What I like about Kentucky and why I'm saying this team's getting better, those three losses that they had were by a total of six points. This team's, those tight games are going to build you know, the team that builds character. When you get in a tight game, you know how to react. I think this game will be tight for a while, but Kentucky's going to pull away in the end. I like Kentucky. Getting Kentucky at a pick-the-winner situation, as I said, a marquee team that you're not paying a premium for right now, that's where the value's at. I got Kentucky 74-66 on Saturday. Okay, so you brought up another interesting point there, which was the idea of handicappers seeing a team perform a certain way in a certain situation and becoming comfortable that that's the, the truth. So, for example, in the NFL this year, in the playoffs, the Packers won week one on the road. They won week two on the road. All of a sudden, a, a handicapper, a batter is going to be comfortable saying they're going to win against the Bears on the road. Right. And I think you make a great point is if you find a team that's performed a certain way and you think that there was an aberration there or something about it that is not going to repeat itself, you're probably gaining a little bit of value because others, you know, just think, what is the handicapping approach? You're getting a piece of paper and, and they're, looking at the, they're looking at the schedule and with a little W and an ATS, WRL, and they're saying, wow, they were just, you know, at this place and they lost. They were at this place and they lost. Now they're at another place and they're not getting any points. I mean, I, I think it makes sense if you think through the way a an average handicapper thinks. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So you gave your official projection. Now with our new approach, I'm going to call myself neutral on this one. I never like to play the marquee, so make a note on this. Okay. RJ, RJ put an N. neutral. Okay. Any closing thoughts? This is our first one. We'll be back with my best bet in the next video, and we're going to give a Oh, well, you're doing like a host job here. Oh, right, uh, any closing thoughts on the game? Kentucky. So this is Marco's first video pick, and he'll be back with his best bet, <laughs> and we'll be doing a coupon. And you can continue the conversation with Marco and me in the comments section, and we'll see you soon. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Tennessee at Florida. This is Saturday College Basketball. And it's Marco's best bet. And Marco, we have something else interesting. VR did a video on this game yesterday. So for those out there who uh, haven't watched that yet, you can watch this video, then go to pregame.tv, and you can check out VR's take on this game. Now, one thing right off the go is VR like Tennessee. You like Tennessee, and you're going to talk about that, and it's your best bet. But here's what's interesting. You guys like it for two different reasons, and actually I don't think VR likes it anymore. His reason was he thought this line was going to come out around 9.5, and, and the line came out. line came out on this game at 6. And we're taping Friday. Mm -hmm. So his assessment of what the bookmaker and the, the marketplace thought, he thought there was going to be a lot of value on Tennessee, and there was going to be a premium on Florida. Really, it doesn't look like that, but that's what's interesting. That makes that freezes a value guy like VR in his tracks, but for you, it gets you excited. Explain. Well, it gets me excited because this comes into the category of trap game, and what got my attention 
on this game at the beginning. And handicapping, just a quick 101 on handicapping, it's a process where you put your games out, you go through the card, and you have your possible candidates for a pick. This was going to be a play, but the reason this was going to be a play for me, and you guys actually mentioned it in that video yesterday, is Tennessee, to me, even though it's not a player, but this kind of fell into the category of the injured player theory because of uh, Coach Bruce Pearl coming back in the last game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody was high on them, saying, oh, here comes the coach back, everybody's going to be high. Well, all the betters got stung, you know, that backed them in that. And they're going to want no parts of Tennessee in this game. And they're going to look at, and this is another little handicapping nugget that I have, I like to call ABC handicapping. And I don't mean the network ABC. This is when there's three teams involved in a circle, and one team beat one, and the other team beat the other, and then... All right, so let's, let's do that. You can get all the camera time you want, so you don't need to, like, try to rush it. You know, you're not on national radio or anything. Relax. All right, so you brought up a point that you, you were, we attributed to you yesterday, is that injured player theory. So just to repeat that quickly, is that's the idea that in the first game that a usually a returning starter for the team comes back, but in this case the coach, is the public gets excited, so there's a premium. The other team is on notice. Hey, this team's better than they were. we got to take it seriously. And the team themselves, there's a little bit of a letdown. Hey, we've been carrying the extra load. The Savior's back. What happens oftentimes is that first game is a disappointment, and you often try to fade the team in that spot. Absolutely, but then all the value reverses in the second. And in the second spot, let's look at each of the things we talked about. The public's peed because they lost a lot of money, and VR, who is the guy that tracks the wise guy money better than anyone we've got, talked about how Tennessee got a ton of money back in this prior game. Mm -hmm. So all the losers are mad, all right? Number two, the team is mad. It's like, wait a minute, we just lost. We better take this seriously. We don't want to lose two in a row. And the coach in this case especially is going to be like, come on, you're going to make me look bad. And now the other team says, geez, they're not as good. You know, now the next team, Florida in this case, says, ah, we don't got to get too serious about them. So the, the, it, it's really the complete flip side, and, and it's really wild how on one side playing them against them is so smart, and then and typically and then playing on them is so smart. Okay. Now, going to the second concept, the ABC concept, what I'm talking about there is last Saturday, Florida played host to Kentucky. Florida beat Kentucky. The public saw that, and I talk about handicapping with your eyes. They saw that. Then they saw Tennessee go to Kentucky earlier this week. Bruce Burrell comes back. They see Kentucky throttle Tennessee. Now they're saying, well, my God, if Florida can beat Kentucky and Kentucky can beat Tennessee, then Florida's going to roll over Tennessee. All that said, I can understand why when VR was on the other day, thought the line would come out as high as he did because that's how, you know, he's reading what, Everybody's seeing with their eyes. Vegas doesn't. He's doing the same handicap as you, except in this case, you believe the book did the same handicap and said, "Wait a minute, Tennessee's much better than this. We're going to put out a number that probably is going to still make Tennessee the right side, but we're going to induce a bunch of Florida action." And bringing this out at six, this is what ups this to my best bet. You know, when I saw the number, and again. You know, when you handicap, you don't have the numbers. Once I saw the number, it confirmed all of my thoughts. This is also you could classify as a trap game. I'm going because I'm thinking about this, and we talked about this 
on uh, for Wednesday's games is you give what about five points a home field for a good or home court for a good college team. Yeah. So really, what we're saying here is Florida is one point better on a neutral. Right. Doesn't feel doesn't feel like the public necessarily agrees with that. No. All right. So it, to me, this is such a great game. It's great we had both of you guys talking about it because there really are two fundamental different approaches. To, to line value. One of them is, hey, I'm a wise guy. I'm trusting my number. And whenever the number's two and a half points off in college basketball, I'm going to play it. If it's three and a half points, it's the best bet or some variation of that. You're saying, listen, I trust my general valuations on these teams, but I can read what the bookie wants. The bookie, let's be honest, some of these bookies are some of the sharpest guys in the world. I mean, they're sharp enough to get on the other side of the window is if they come out with a number to try to induce action, you better sit up and take notice. And your ability to read that, I think, really is unmatched. 31 years of experience doing it. And to me, this takes VR off the game, but it puts you on the game. Now, what would have happened if this game came out at 9.5? If this game came out at 9.5, we wouldn't be talking about this game for me on the video. You today. wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't bet it. I know that sounds crazy, and we've talked about that numerous Cause, times. Because the bookie would be saying, hey, listen, we're not necessarily looking for Florida action. Right. And you're a market reader. Now, you value play sometimes. I value play, but it's gotta, I have to find a reason. And here, everything that we said all would... Lean, tilt the scales that Florida looks better than Tennessee on everything we said leading up to this game, yet the number comes short. So whenever it's, that's the contrarian approach to the T, and that lines me up. I actually like believe... A lot of people like to eat vegetables, but you say, I, I don't want to do that, right? I eat vegetables. <laughs> Not many, but I oh, eat Oh, come vegetables. on. What vegetables? <laughs> I like broccoli, asparagus. Chocolate, or... chocolate dip broccoli. No. <laughs> like in fondue. What a guy. All right, give us your projection. I'm going to go out on the limb, and I'm going to actually call for the upset. I'm going with Tennessee, 73-71. It is my best bet. We're going for to try to stay undefeated on the best bets. We're 3-0 and in basketball, and we had a great football season. Uh, so let's make it Tennessee, and just don't forget we've got to give away a coupon. All right, I'm going to go neutral on this one, too. So <laughs> for the people that didn't watch the first video is I'm going to be giving my opinion of your picks and then we're going to see how if you do better when we agree. I feel like I'm going into the Godfather and I got to get the blessing. No, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe all the viewers out there are going to be like, well, when Thank RJ God, goes, RJ, yeah, when RJ like bucks it. it, that's when I double up. We'll see. Because basketball, let's be honest, that's not my strongest sport. Okay. All right. So I'm here to try to be the everyman. I'm the naive guy. Like, Mark, explain it to John Q. Public? I'm John Q. Public, just with uh, slightly bluer eyes. So okay. it's, it's a little different. Let's give some money away. All right. So each week during, I'm going to look out to the main camera, each week during the basketball season here, from here through, heck, all the way through the NBA Finals, when Marco gives his best bet, not only do you have a chance to make money on that, you're going to have a chance to save some money at pregamepros.com, 10 bucks off, and we're going to do at least once a week. What's this week, Marco? It pains me, but we have to give them their due. The Packers won the Super Bowl, so this week's coupon, and it'll be good till Wednesday. This thing will be good through Wednesday. Packers 10. Just type in all one word, Packers, and the number 10, you get $10 off. All right. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And next up, we're talking a third Saturday college basketball game. Actually, Sunday. Oh, whoa. Sunday. <laughs> we're going to be there Sunday. St.
Jones at Cincinnati. This is Sunday college basketball. Mark Earl, who do you like and why? I like Cincinnati, and this is simple. This is going to be public perception at its best. Right now, St. John's public perception as high as it could possibly be. They're coming off in their last three games, or four games, three of the games they played, UCLA, Duke, and Connecticut. They rolled over Duke, rolled over Connecticut on Thursday night on national TV, and now they're playing a Cincinnati team that right now is at the lowest level. They haven't been playing well, uh, but I think they're undervalued, and if you look deeper at who Cincinnati's been playing, you can understand why they've had this little mini slide. Okay, so I, I love value plays. Now, we talked about this yesterday. Is you can like a game because of one team or two teams. It makes sense, right? You might think one team is super underrated, and the other team is new, you're neutral on, but you still want to play it because it's a super underrated team. Or you can think a team is somewhat underrated against a team that's somewhat overrated, and combine it's about the same level of disagreement that you have in the perceptions of these teams as the public does. So let me ask you this. Usually when a team plays well, there's a reason they're playing well. When a team plays poorly, there's a reason they're playing poorly. The public doesn't always overreact. So let's break it down, St. John's first. Why, in your opinion, is the public over? Clearly, St. John's is better than you thought they were two weeks ago, right? This performance means something. Right. Why is there any specifics to why they're overrated? Well, when I say overrated is that they're at the peak, just like a stock. Right now, in the public's eye, in Vegas's eye, they're at the peak. If they win five more games in a row, they're going to be even higher. Well, they're going to be even higher, but at, at this point of the season, they're at their peak. All right, so what I think I hear you saying is just in general, the public overreacts to the short term. So when there's, if, if the ranking, if, if the public's perception of St. John's being a really good, or, you know, a good team is based upon the recent performance, just inherently that's going to be an overreaction because they got to take into account what happened prior and they don't enough. Is that right? Correct. And don't forget, the key point is that those two games, the Duke game and the Connecticut game, both of those were nationally televised games. And we've said it all over and over again. People love to bet with. So the impact of these wins are even more significant because people saw them. And they were blowouts. And they were blow. They look great. And you're saying, hey, that's impressive. Your ranking has gone up for St. John's, but not as much as people who's overreacted to what they've seen in the short term. Right. And what people don't take into account is teams do have ups and downs. And after big wins like that, and on TV that teams can come up flat, and this is a perfect I mean, think spot. about it during the baseball season. It was 162 games. If a bad team wins four in a row, no one overreacts. But here, because there's 30 games or 35 games, it seems like the overreaction in the NFL and you know, every other sport but baseball, maybe the NBA. So you know, the, let's think about this. Of the five major sports, there's two that have 82 and 162 games. And then in the NFL, you got 16. College, you've got less than 16. Here, you've got 35. So, in a way, there's. I th- tell me if you agree with this. There's a real value with the fact that because of the f- so few games, that handicappers typically overreact to short-term streaks in both the NFL and in college basketball and in college football, and thus going against those has inherent value. Oh, absolutely. And 
when we look at the Cincinnati side of this game, Cincinnati's sitting at 19-5. and five. Now, they play in the Big East, and you know, obviously, how much I like the Big East and how strong I think that conference is top to bottom. But a team at 19-5, and five, four of their five losses have come in their last seven games. So people are looking at the here and now. But when you look at three of those four losses were at Syracuse, at Notre Dame, and at Pitt. You know, but did they did they cover? Did they overperform? Or I mean, you can still lose. You lose one by one at Pitt. People's going to come away thinking better about you. They got blown out in one of the games, but they played competitively at Pitt and they played competitively, I believe, at the Notre Dame game. This is a team returning back home that I think the people are going to look at St. John's because St. John's is playing with revenge in this game. Cincinnati did beat St. John's earlier in the year at St. John's. It was a low-scoring game, 53-51, I believe, was the score. And so people are going to say, St. John's in revenge. They're not going to get beat twice by Cincinnati. St. John's is going to be a dog in this game. People are going to look at them as a live power underdog the way they're playing right now. I project the line to be around four, four and a half Cincinnati a favorite returning home. Keynote, last game for Cincinnati was on the road. They got a narrow win at DePaul was a big favorite. So people are still going to look at them and say they're underperforming. But the fact that they stopped the losing streak, got the win, coming back home, a TV game on Sunday, it's a 12 o'clock start on Sunday. I like Cincinnati here. I think they win this game by eight. I've got Cincinnati 69-61. Okay, so you make a point, and this is something you did a video on, is the fact that when you have a, a week, or I don't know if we've done, I don't think we've done this video yet. When you have a weekend team at home, especially if it's on TV, mm-hmm. the home crowd is even more frenzied. Even so more. that's a factor pro for Cincinnati here. Yeah. One other point to throw in on St. John's. St. John's, those big wins that we talked about, were all at home. This team struggles on the road. St. John's, St. John's last four road games, all losses, and they've been by a combined 72 points. Well, that's that's like eight points a game, right? Oh, wait. All right. All right. So <laughs> let me ask you this, because this because this is a Sunday game, we're taping on Friday. The line's not out yet. Uh, what line don't you like this game? Um, the only way I wouldn't like this game if this line would come out under two, because it would be. I, I know again that sounds silly, but it would make it too easy to take the home team. I want to see Cincinnati where they've got a win in cover. But there's got to be an upper limit. Do you take this game at eight? It'll never get there. but So I, give us your range. Six. All right. So you're saying from two and a half to six, you play Cincinnati. Yes. Outside of that range is the pass for you. Yep. And that touches again. and we Because this was a value play for you. Yes. But it touches again on even with value, if it looks too easy, if it feels like a trap, you're not getting involved. Absolutely. All right. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up we're going to be talking about our second and final Sunday college basketball. Oh, wait. Blessing? You, you didn't give your neutral? Oh, one. that's true. That's yeah. a new thing I'm doing. <laughs> See, I, you know, until I got to know the line, I'm a value guy. I, I really, I don't, I'm not afraid of traps, actually. I know that I fall into them because of that. <laughs> but I just think psychologically it's important that they're so rare to me that, I, you know, I've seen the Las Vegas sports consultant guys. Doesn't impress me. In general, nice guys. Yeah. Smart guys. But those six guys aren't smarter than the whole, all the wise guys combined. So, I'm, if unless there's a line, I'm not going to have. Unless I, I'll occasionally I'll be new. I'll call it neutral because I don't have an opinion. 
I guess that's the easy way to do it. We're going to call you Mr. Waffles for a while. It's going to, no, no, I don't, that's the last thing I do typically. But what I'm saying here is it, it I'm going to be hard-pressed to have an opinion until I hear the line. Because i got to tell you, if St. John's comes out minus seven, I love Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, there you go. And we'll be back with, uh, is this college or pro the next? The next oh. one is college. All right, one last college Sunday again. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Minnesota at Iowa Sunday College Basketball. Who do you like and why? Well, RJ, I like Minnesota in this game, and this is another case where we're going to discuss people are going to handicap with their eyes and how it can be very misleading to you. It'll send you down the road many times. It's going to have you in the poorhouse, and we're going to talk about it in this game. All right, so what, what are the people saying? What people are seeing is they're looking at an Iowa team that beat two very bad teams and then in their last game played Wisconsin and took Wisconsin to the limit. So now all of a sudden you've got a team win two in a row, then a very good-looking loss. Oh, this Iowa team's turned the corner. No, they haven't. The key point is that Wisconsin game, that was an absolute stone-cold look-ahead game for Wisconsin because Wisconsin on Saturday, we're taping on Friday, on Saturday plays the number one team in the country, and they weren't looking at Iowa last night or Wednesday when they played. All right, they so let's talk ahead. about this. So this is one of the reoccurring themes with you, is when you can identify a game that was, that, that was deceiving, that there's a misperception because of a situation people are not accounting for, then you can take advantage of the misperception. It's like if you're hiring someone to do your marketing, and you see that they actually were hired by Google, and you're thinking, well, heck, I can get someone that Google wanted. But then if it wasn't true that they actually were, let's say, working at Google as a custodian, that's a misperception. <laughs> so what you're saying is people are going to overreact to Iowa playing, seemingly playing so well against Wisconsin, but you're saying Wisconsin was in such a severe look-ahead, there was a misperception about how, what kind of quality win that was or quality game that was, and thus now they're overvalued. Absolutely. All right, that makes a ton of sense. That's one piece to the puzzle. What else? Well, the second piece of the puzzle is they're going to look at Minnesota. And what they're going to see with Minnesota is a team that's lost four games in a row. So the public's going to say, well, one team's declining, the other team's ascending. This is a perfect storm. So is Minnesota declining? Minnesota, if you look at and again, I'm a guy that goes back and re-engineers the schedule to try to see the mindset. Find, the, find the situations, the misperceptions. And, and in this... It is, absolutely. What happened is they lost to Purdue, which is, in my opinion, the second-best team in the Big Ten. After that, they played. The next game was their look-ahead game to Ohio State. So they had a poor performance after Purdue, which was a sandwich game, and then they had Ohio State. So you had a bad spot there. They lost to Ohio State on national TV, and then they came up last night, and I actually talked about this game on... So let me jump in. Because I'm just saying, I try to sit in as the audience here. When you start going on, your mind, it's like uh, hearing Durr talk about poker, is sometimes you hear Durr talk and it makes no sense to the average player. When you start rounding off four games, I start to kind of get dizzy. I mean, all joking aside, I'm not following you. So amongst these games, give me the one or two key points of where the misperception are. They lost four games, but they played two very good teams that they were high for, and then you had the, the game sandwiched in between those two, 
is they were looking ahead and then the hangover afterwards. How can you look ahead when you how can you look ahead when you're losing game after game? Well, you start with Purdue. The first game was Purdue. They were high as a kite to play Purdue. And how they, they do? They lost. So, then so that means something, game, right? Okay, if they're so max motivation and they lose. You would, but you, you're high to beat one of the upper echelon teams, and then when you lose, you have a carryover effect many times after that game. What compounded that second game is the third game in this four-game stretch was Ohio State up next. So it was a, it was a bad spot for so, Minnesota. So they were high, they were in a sandwich spot, then they were high again, and how'd they do against Ohio State? They lost. But, yeah, clearly, Ohio State's undefeated, but what, did they cover? No. They got right, beat so by they double got, digits. All right. So, and then, then the fourth game? The fourth game they played against Illinois last night, and we're taping on Friday. I talked about this very concept with Mike and Dan on their podcast Thursday, as I said, be careful that this is a trap situation. Everybody is going to look for Minnesota to bounce back now that they're stepping so far down in class because Illinois had been playing bad. The line came out only one, and the public jumped all over um, Minnesota, and it went to two. It was a trap game to me. I said they're going to have one more bad game, carryover. They did. Now they're going and out on And this was the in theory, this was a carryover from... The highest state. The hangover effect. Dropping down in class. Because, the again, it was one of those things with the line. If the See, line I got to tell you, this one feels like <clears throat> one of your kind of, you know, with hindsight kind of things. Because it seems to me that they've lost four straight games. And then if you wanted to make the case against Minnesota now, that potentially, and you can go head-to-head on this, Dustin, perhaps, is, potenti- is potentially, in that case, you'd say, well, listen, this team is turning around in, 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 you know, from Thursday to Sunday, so it's, it's a fairly quick turnaround. They've just gotten beat four times. You know they're questioning themselves. In fact, I'm making this point right now. You know they're all wondering, you know, we're not going to make the tournament. Where's the motivation? Now they're on the road. They don't want to travel to Iowa in the middle of winter. What is the, where's the motivation at? Is, if you were looking at it in the next game, you could say, and doesn't it make sense after four losses in a row that they really weren't focused? So you have not made a case to me. Now, you might be right. I was overrated, and maybe that's half enough, and maybe Minnesota's properly rated. But really, can we agree that in the last four games, this team is, is underperformed? See, they've underperformed, but to me, for all of the angles that I said, and I like what you said because, that's to me, that's exactly the way John Q. Public would think, so I like that. <laughs> but this is the situation. Now, I also Going, think Jessica Alba was good-looking. Am I wrong about that, too? No, you're not wrong about that. Because we'll, right, usually things that are obvious aren't always wrong. They're not always, but in the betting world, more often than not, I, I really do believe that when things look that obvious... So maybe really you're not. making another case, though. Maybe you're saying the same... In the prior video, you said, listen, there's these two teams, and, and the public perception is simply wrong on both. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that you're right, that one team had won some, and you said, okay, they won, they look good, but they're not quite that good. You're right, these have been good performances. No excuses, no, nothing to take away from that. It's just people are overreacting to it. And then with the underdog, you're saying, oh, people, are, or the bad team, you were saying, people are overreacting to how bad they are. Say, maybe say that about Minnesota. Listen, this Minnesota team's not near as good as I thought they were. There's no excuse for these four straight losses, but people are going to overreact to it. But don't say because of the hangover this and hangover that. Well, I, I see where you're going with that, and I can agree with that. Here's where I'll, where I'll say we're going to get value with Minnesota today because of those four games, 
And if I am correct in my thinking, this is the game where you will get a true performance from Minnesota going back out on the road. They, they don't have any excuses anymore. They had, their, they had their two slaps in the face from Purdue and Ohio State, and then they had their two letdown games afterwards. This is where they have to get back on track. And if they don't, then I'm going to lose. I'm going to really adjust my stock on them. But we're getting value with them because they're down in the market, and Iowa falsely is getting better exactly. value. So, so really, just to drill down, and, and, and that makes a ton of sense, is there's two different ways that a team can be misvalued. One is there can just be an overreaction to the truth, or there can be a misperception. And what I think we're saying here is I think perhaps there is a slight overreaction to the truth that Minnesota is just not as good as people thought. You're saying because of that convoluted scheduling you were talking about that maybe even there's not only an overreaction but a slight misperception. With Iowa, I, I totally agree with you. There's both a misperception and an overreaction. So if you've got three components of value, meaning two misperceptions on the Iowa side, and even if you only have one on the Minnesota side, Three components of misperception probably adds up to enough to offer value. Absolutely. Um, I'm projecting the line will come out somewhere around Minnesota minus three. I like Minnesota, and I'll be honest with you. Um, this Minnesota as a home or as a road, road favorite? favorite? As a road favorite. This, this was the runner-up to the best bet. Tennessee is definitely the best bet, but this was the runner-up. I like Minnesota a lot here. And you're projecting? 71-63 Minnesota. Okay, so since the line's not out, let's talk about parameters. Within, and you actually, most people would say, I like it plus th- or, you know, minus three and a half or better or whatever. you actually going to have parameters on both sides because you don't want it to look too good. Yeah. So give us your parameters. Well, if this game would come out that Minnesota was one and a half or less, I, it would make me... Right, so you like Minnesota from minus one and a half up to what? I like Minnesota from minus two all the way up to six. Minus two all the way up to six. Yep. All right, it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. Oh, well, I got to remember, we've been doing this where I, you know, I'm going to say that I, uh, your favorite, I would, I'm going to say, you like Minnesota? Uh, all right, I'm going to say, yes, I like this one. So I went three neutrals, and I'm going to, then I'm going to agree. <laughs> All right, I got, I got RJ's blessing. Just as long as I don't have to kiss any rings or anything, you know, for the... It is other. platinum. <laughs> All right, now, guys, remember, Marco's going to be coming in twice a week now with the new studio. So we'll be back Tuesday night talking Wednesday and Thursday games with Marco.